Hello and welcome to Bible Marathon. We're all about learning how to read the Bible, about spiritual gifts and giving proper defense and explanation for what we believe as Christians. The goal is to progress with joy in the faith and without further ado, let's get into the word. Um, so today we are going to be speaking about gaining stamina in prayer. And just before I start, I just want us to have a minute prayer. I know we have prayed for it already, but let's just pray one more time. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your faithfulness, for your loving kindness and mercy. Lord, speak through me. Speak to us through me. Let it not be about the wise words of men or the eloquency of my speech. But let it be about your word and its ability to change the hearts of men. Do what you can do best, Lord. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. So today <clears throat> I'll be speaking, I'll be talking about prayer, but I'll be talking about prayer in different dimensions. I'll be talking about what prayer is and how we can gain stamina in prayer. And now it is, it is this, this, this spiritual activity of prayer is almost constant in every other spiritual exercise. Before, before we, before, like you just did, before we pray, before, we, before the sermon, we prayed. Before we set up the session, we prayed. And it's almost as if it's, there is this, you know, it's this religious activity. You just, you know, let's just pray. But there is more to prayer. And there is more to gain in the place of prayer. And there are so many evidences of that in the scripture. And there are also so many evidences of that in our lives. Now, some people, some of us get this, there's this time in our lives when we are so fervent in prayer. It's like you know, we just pray. We just want to be in the place of prayer. We just want to be with God in prayer. And then something happens and, you know, it just stops. And you're just wondering, oh, I want to get my prayer life back. And just like the gym process, right? You can't go to the gym once or twice and expect to get what you really want. There has to, there is a room for consistency. There is a room, there is a, there is a lifestyle of going to the gym that can produce what you want. So this means that the prayer is not, is not just a project. You're not just saying, oh, let me pray for six months or let me pray for two weeks. You know, the way we have our fasting period. And after that, okay, that's all. Prayer is a prayer should be a lifestyle. It should be a lifestyle. Just like when God became man through the person of Jesus Christ, he prayed. He prayed. Now, there are so many reasons why people, you know, do not find the, the importance of prayer. There are so many reasons why people may think, oh, I mean, I mean, why should I even go into the into into why should I make prayer a lifestyle? Just that there are many reasons and excuses why you shouldn't even go to the gym. And now I'm going to be talking about the reasons why people may feel less, may, may, may lessen the importance of prayer. And while I point that out, I'll try to correct it. And when I try to correct it, I'll also point us to the importance of prayer and how to, and why those excuses don't hold any weight at all. Now, the first reason why um, people may feel may not want to be in be in the in the place of prayer may be the duty of sin and this is very common among christians i mean yes we are christians yes we should live a life that christ we should live we should imitate the life that christ had or lived rather but but we fall into sin we we lie we have addictions and struggles and when we fall into these problems or this this sinful act we become so we become we feel, we feel ourselves with self-pity that we become ashamed of going to God in prayer. And I mean, for example, if you look at, um, and, and I mean, it makes logical sense that, oh, when you have sinned, you are, you are ashamed to go to God. Yes, it makes logical sense, but it's not, it, 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 there, there, is, there is no, there, there is redemption in what Christ has done. So let's look at Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1. Thank you. Please, can you make it at like NLT? NLT, I, I mean, it's NLT that I, is that fine? Is that okay to use? Okay, so 
Well, I'm going to that. And it's, it's on the screen now. Can you see it? No, what I'm seeing is the RSV. Oh, sorry. And I typed uh, Yeah. How about now? Yes, yes. Okay. So, sorry. listen. The, the, yes, I can see it now. Thank you very much. Listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you. No, it's ear too deaf to hear your call. The next verse. It is your sin have cut you off from God because your sin he has turned away and will not listen anymore. So yes, it's 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 it makes sense that you wouldn't want to go to God in prayer or you feel distance from God. But again, that is not entirely correct or true. Because let's look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21 says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be an offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So the verse, what Isaiah was saying, applied to people who are, who, who are in sin. But you're not. Not because of the things you have done. Or not because of the things that you didn't do. Not because of your actions or inactions. But because of what Christ, because of the perfect work of Christ. So when you go to God in prayer, regardless of the, how much you have fallen, you go knowing that you're the righteousness of God. You're the righteousness of God through Christ. That you have been made right through Christ. And this is so important and pivotal. Because sometimes the devil wants to accuse you of things that you have done and things you didn't do. And so you want to stay away from the place of prayer. When we look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17. And he said, then he said, I would never remember their sin and lawless deeds. And when sin, and when sin have been forgiven... There is no need to offer any more sacrifice. And so dear, brother, so dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter, enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new life and new, a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the holy place, into the most holy place. So you can come boldly to the throne of grace, regardless of whatever it is, Knowing that God sees you as righteous, not because of your work, not because of your inactions, but because of what Christ has done and because you believe in him. Now, when we look at, um, when we look at Hebrews, 4, 14, Hebrews chapter 4, same Hebrews, same Hebrews chapter 4, you say, so then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of them, all the same testing we, we do, yet he did not sin. So let's come boldly to the throne of grace. Let's come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help when we need it the most. So you may think, oh, I mean, I mean, I was on fire, but you know, I fell into sin, and this happened, and this happened. These are excuses, logical, sensible excuses. But, but God has redeemed us through His Son. So when you come to God, He's not counting your sin. He treats you as though as if and as if you're righteous because you are truly righteous. Now we look at Hebrews chapter nine. Hebrews chapter nine verse 8 to 14. By these regulations, the Holy Spirit, let me see if I can open it here. By this regulation, the Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance to the most holy place was not fully open as long as the tamarind and, and, and the system it represented were still in use. The next verse. This is an illustration pointing to the present time for the gifts and sacrifices that the priest offered are not able to cleanse I don't know if you can the conscience, the, the, the conscience of people who bring them. The next verse. I just want us to look, read. There is, there is, let me just continue. For that old system deals only with food and drink and various cleansing ceremony, physical regulation that were, that were in effect only until a better system could be established. 11. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered the greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. 12. 
with his own blood, not the blood of gold or hearts, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured a redemption forever. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of young cows could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. And the last verse, which is 14. Just think how much the blood of Christ will, will, will purify our conscience from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the internal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sin. So yes, there is this guilt of sin that we have where we fall into temptation and we don't want to come close. We don't even want to, we don't even want to even, we don't even want to even need to pray. But now when we go to pray now, you understand the righteousness of God through Christ. Having that confidence that you can come boldly to the throne of grace. Now, the next reason why people may not want to pray again, I mean, you had a fire for God, but now it's just, you know, whatever comes is you have prayed without answers. You have prayed without answers and you are possibly even fasted. I just want to confirm, can you all still hear me? Yes, you're good. Okay, so um, you're praying without answers. You have prayed seriously for something and you possibly didn't even get it. And you're like, see man, there is no effectiveness in prayer. Are you just, you're just done. You're like, I'm not doing this again. And maybe you, and maybe this is for some people who maybe beginning of the year, you trusted God for so many things and you prayed for so many things and January is gone and February is gone and you, and we're getting into March and everything seems bleak. And you're like, oh, okay. And so of course we just pray for things. Maybe it's just, maybe your, maybe your prayer life is, is transactional. Maybe you only go to pray when, you know, there is a problem or when there's a need. And it's, it's, you know, you're not getting the desired answers. James chapter five, verse 16. James five, verse 16 says, I will wait for Ernest to put it up so we can all read it together. Confess your sins to, so I'm reading the B part of it, which is the earnest prayer of the righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So having said what I've said, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. So there is an efficacy. There is an efficacy in your prayers. So don't just, you know, come to God and say, oh, you just want to just, let me just pray for prayer. But there is an efficacy in your prayer. Now, 17 will tell you something that Elijah prayed. And he said, Elijah was a human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly, that no one will fall. None fell for three, three and a half years. So they see, and and this was before, this was in the old covenant. This was in the old system. Now you have received a perfect sacrifice. A perfect sacrifice. Now you are made right with God through a perfect sacrifice. So we must always come to God boldly, knowing that there are our our prayers carry weight in themselves. Now when we look at Second Corinthians chapter five verse twenty one. And second, second Corinthians, second Corinthians, second Corinthians five twenty one. If you can help me with that, um, Ernest. So for God made for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So you're made right with Christ, which means that you're right, you're a righteous person, and because you're a righteous person, there is an effectiveness that comes with your prayer. There was an effectiveness that comes with your prayer. And now some of you may say, yes, I know. I mean, we have prayed. I mean, I have prayed. I know I'm a righteous person. I have this and I have that, but I prayed for this and I didn't get it. Now, maybe we have to now look at what James says, James chapter 4, verse 3. And that speaks about um, praying amiss. Now, James 4, 3. Sorry, um. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are, are all wrong. You only you, you want only what will give you pleasure. So sometimes it's just transactional. You don't pray about anything unless there is a need, unless there is a want. And then maybe you don't get it because it's not, maybe it's not the will to God's glory or maybe it's not the will of God. And also the next important thing is having, knowing that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The second thing is praying the will of God. 
How can you pray God's will? How can you pray God's will? And this is important and pivotal. That yes, you're the righteousness of God, but then praying God's will. Now, when we look at John chapter 6, John chapter 6, verse 26, you said, and, and, and Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. So why did you go to pray? Do you want to be with your father, your holy father, your heavenly king? Or do you go to him like an ATM machine? The only when you want cash, the only when you want something, you just go, let me just do. And Jesus, and, and, and there, was, there was a story, there was, there was a bit of, I, I would like to add a bit of context to this um, uh, verse. But Jesus Christ performed miracles and people just followed him, you know. People followed him for following sake. And then when he began to preach to them about him being the bread of life, they just said, no, that all we want to see is miraculous sign. And just replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. So yes, you just want to just, you know, pray only when, we, only when it's transactional, only when there is a problem. That shouldn't be the case. There is more to prayer. You don't just go to the gym when uh, you, maybe you, you have a marathon tomorrow or you have a sprint tomorrow and you want to go to the gym today so that you're able to, you won't, it won't work, you'll gas up. So there has to be consistency. There has to be an understanding. There has to be, there has to be a form of consecration in prayer. So then you have um, Acts chapter 19, verse 11. God gave, the power, God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or apron that, that, that had merely touched his skin were placed on, on sick people, they were healed. Of the disease and evil spirit were expelled. A group of Jews, a group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirit. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their in their incantation, saying, "I command you the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out." The seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time, when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, "I know Jesus, and I know Paul." But who are you? So there is an understanding of who you are. There was an understanding of who you truly are in Christ. So these people were just trying to, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like it was a mechanical approach. A mechanic, just a mechanical approach of, oh, you know, Paul, Paul says, Paul heals the sea, Paul does this. So let, let's just go, you know, for the show, for the, for the show of it. Just let's just go for the show. And the evil spirit asked, just we know, Paul I know, but who are you? But now we now know that we're the righteousness of God and Christ. So having an understanding is critical. Having an understanding is important. Now, when we look at um, um, praying God's will, now this one, this is, this is also very important because sometimes we're in, in situations and we're in, in places where we just keep praying for God to God for something and we just keep praying and it seems that there was a delay and there is it doesn't just make sense. Let's look at um, let's look at John chapter 4 verse 24. John chapter 4 verse 24 for God is the spirit so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now knowing that knowing having that verse in mind let's go to Romans chapter 8 verse 26 to 27. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all heart knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So yes, we understand. Now we understand who we are in Christ. Now we understand that we shouldn't just make praying um, transactional. Now there is also another part, which is praying God's will. Praying God's will. Now how how do we how do you, how do we pray God's will? How do we how are we able to express our, our ourselves in prayer in God's will? Now now one one very great example of this. If you look at First Corinthians chapter, so First um, Corinthians chapter two verse ten. From verse ten to sixteen, but I think I'll do from verse ten to twelve. But it was not, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit, searching out everything and 
searching out everything and shows us God's deep secret. No one, no one can know a person's thought except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thought except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit. So we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. So because of God's spirit, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. We can pray God's will. We can pray God's will. God is the spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And we have the spirit of God that helps us in our weakness. So we, are, can, we can know God's will. We can pray God's will. We can pray God's will. Now, when we look at a very um, good example of, of um, Jesus Christ, during the, during, uh, um, Jesus, when, before he was being crucified, when you look at Matthew chapter 26, or when, let's look at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. Hebrews 5, 7. While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayer because of his deep reverence for God. So while Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, let, we are going to go through that, um, that verse of scripture. And you see, you see something very important about praying God's will. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 to 56. Matthew 26, 36 to 50. Now it's, it's long, it's very, it's very, it's a very long verse, but I just want I, I just want to point out some things. Now we all know that then Jesus went into the into in, went with them to the olive. So let me just go to um so let's go to my my father. So Jesus was praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. So he was praying. He knew what was coming. So the first prayer, the first time he went into prayer, he said, my father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even for one hour? Keep watch and pray so, that you, do, so you will not fall into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Now, then Jesus left left them a second time and prayed. Now, when we compare Jesus' second praying and his first prayer, you will see a major difference. The first time he went to pray, and when I noticed, when I realized it, it's, it's almost, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful epiphany. The first time he went to pray, he said, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And the second time he went to pray, he said, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away from me, unless I drink it, your will be done. So praying in God's will is important. See, yes, we may have storms in our lives. Like, like I, I saw something, this is, this is very brilliant, said, when there was a storm in, in your life, sometimes God doesn't calm the storm, he calms you. So you may be going through things, I just want, you know, let this just be over, let it be over, I just want... And, and, you're, and you're wondering, you know, how can I just get through this? Maybe God is creating something in you. So Jesus understanding this cup, understanding that, see, this is great and so much, like it's, it's almost incomprehensible. But then he said, if this cup cannot be taken away from me, unless I drink it, your will be done. And then when he went in, when he went in to pray, and the third time he came out, the second time he saw them still sleeping, when he went in to pray, he said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. Boldness. 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 My betrayer is here. He had been, so you could see that. And then you now see what he said. So when you, when we continue, it is, this is so much. I don't want us to spend so much time reading it. But when Peter, we know Peter, Draft his sword to, 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 to cut the ear. Then look at what Jesus said. Jesus told Peter, put away your sword. Those who, use, who, those who use the sword will die by the sword. Don't you realize that I could ask my father for a thousand of angels to protect us and he will send them instantly. But if I did, would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen? Then Jesus, so you can imagine the consecration. So sometimes we pray for consecration. So God understanding, he understand the gravity of what he was going to face. Understanding how, 
First, understand the gravity was, of, of what he was going to face. Understand that if he asked for angels to, 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 to save him, they will. And also understand the things that were at stake. Yet, he freely gave himself to be killed. Because sometimes God doesn't calm the storm. He calms you. Look at what Paul said. Paul made a very important um, 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 statement in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 9. And I want us to read it. 2 Corinthians verse 7 to 9. Um, so, so before I before I read that, I want to get feedback. How is this going? I mean, are you guys with me? Are you guys are you guys with me? So that I did just you know keep talking to myself. Second Corinthians twelve seven to nine. Okay, and maybe Ernest, Ernest, Second Corinthians seven to nine. So, look at this. You guys should look at this. Look at look at this carefully, right? Even though I have received such a wonderful revelation from God. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from become, and keep me from becoming proud. Read the next verse. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Three times he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. So yes, he prayed, take this away. Like, I don't want this. I don't, I don't want this to even be part of. Now he said, that's why I take pleasure in my weakness. You can, and in the insult. So he continues in that line. But you can see how important it is. How I pray is important for consecration. So important for consecration. So having prayed so much, having prayed for God to take it away. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you that he was able to handle it. Like, like, so it is important. Yes, you are praying for God. Maybe you just want this thing to end. You just want it to stop. You just want it to, you just want it, you just see, I'm just tired. But God said, no, my grace is just sufficient. My grace is just, my grace is just, is your sufficiency. It is, it is important. It is very important. It is very important. Now to also speak, to um, another very important thing, perseverance. Perseverance, you have to persevere in prayer. You have to persevere in prayer. Jesus Christ prayed three hours. You have to persevere in prayer. You have to persevere in it. Now you would see Luke chapter 18, verse one to um, Luke 18, uh, Luke 18, so Luke 18, chapter 1 to 8, so, um, verse 1 to 8. So one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they could, that they should always pray and never give up. Verse 2. There was a judge in a city. There was a judge in a city. He said, um, a judge in a, in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I am, I am going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant request. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him night and day? Will he keep putting them off? I think the last verse, the last verse. I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the son of man returns, how many would he find on earth who have faith? Yes, you have prayed. Now you just have to keep praying. You just have to keep praying. When you look at, now in this, in this particular scenario, in this particular chapter, Luke chapter 18, when we go to verse 35 of ch chapter 18, something, something that, that defines what Jesus Christ has said, Happens so Luke 18 30, um, 30. So let's do 35. Okay, well, 35. And Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. 36. When he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. Now they told him that Jesus Christ of Nazareth was going by. 38. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 39. Be quiet, the people in front held at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. 
And Jesus came to him and asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And, he, and Jesus heard him. He stopped and ordered that the man brought to him. As the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do? And he said he was blind. He said, I want to see. And the Lord said he wants to see. And then um, and Jesus said, all right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. So he persevered. He would have just kept quiet. He would have just kept quiet and said, you know what? I mean, this was just, these people told me to keep quiet. So, but he persevered in it. He persevered in knowing the importance in persevering. Knowing the importance in, in, in persevering. So let's look at Luke chapter 11, verse 5 to 10. Then teaching them more about prayer, he uses, he uses this story. Suppose you went to a friend, to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow two loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked and for the night, for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this though, he won't, he won't, he won't, I tell you this though, he won't do it for friendship's sake. If you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you have asked. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. So there is, there is, there is an importance. There is an importance in to keep on seeking, to keep on knocking. So remember, first thing, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you can come boldly to him. Now, the second, remember the second thing, praying God's will. Praying God's will. Praying God's will is so important. Now there is perseverance. When you look at Hannah, you look at so many examples of that. But I just want to point out one thing. I just want to point out one thing in perseverance. And I think this is, this is probably one of the most important things I discovered. So when, let's go to Elijah. Now we understand, we, we saw in scriptures that Elijah prayed for rain and rain came. So but let's go to the story of Elijah. So let's go to the Second Chronicles. Uh, Second Chronicles now. No, First Kings chapter 18. First Kings chapter 18. Verse 42. So let's go to first Kings chapter 18, verse 1 first. Let's go to first Kings chapter 18, verse 1. So you find this later on in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, Go and present yourself to the king, King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. Now go to verse 42. So we'll do 42 to 44. If you can put them together, I would, I would, I would, um, I would appreciate. Okay, so, so Ahab went to, so Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed up, climbed to the top of the mount, to, uh, climbed to the top of the mount and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, "Go, go and look out." towards the sea. The servant went and looked and returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot. Now we understand or we understand this. But do you, do you see what is important in this story of Elijah? God told Elijah that he should tell Ahab that he would send rain. So Elijah already knew that God was going to send rain, but yet he prayed. So yes, God has said a lot of things have, have come your way. Word of knowledge, prophecies, um, dreams and trials. God has showed you the things he will do through you and in you. And it doesn't look like it's working. And maybe you just laid back. Well, God said it. But Elijah understanding that God has said the things that said that rain was going to come, yet he still went to pray. And he didn't just pray once. He didn't pray twice. He didn't pray, he prayed seven times until he saw his sign. So yes, Sometimes God has told you, this is what I'm about to do in your life this year. This is what I'm about to do in your life next year, in, in five years, or in 10 years. And you're like, well, God said it. And now you don't see it happening. And you, you just sit back. No. Yes, he has said it, but yet pray. Pray so you don't despise prophecy. So it is important and pivotal. Now, the, the third reason why people do not pray, do not get themselves involved in praying is because of collective prayer. Now, collective pray, we, we only pray, just only pray in, you know, in, in, in the collective, in, in the church, and that's, and that's it. You know, you just, and your secret prayer, because of that, there's this, there's this form of justification. 
and because you prayed in church, there isn't a place in secret prayer. There are so many places in the Bible where you hear that Jesus went away, he slipped away, he slipped away, he slipped away, and Jesus slipped away. He was alone. He was alone. There was importance in being alone in, in praying, being alone in praying. So yes, you come here, you, you pray, you go to church, you, you pray, you, you go to midweek service, you, you pray. But how often do you pray alone? There was an importance in praying alone, in praying alone. I'm not saying that collective prayer is not good. I mean, it's important. But there is so much to gain in, in secret personal prayer. So um, now there is also the, 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 the comfortable attitude of um, inter, um, intercessors. So, I mean, why should I pray? There are a thousand people praying for me. Your mom is praying for you. Your dad is praying for you. Your pastor is praying for you. So why should I pray? Why don't you want to, why don't you want to use the great privilege you have? to enter into the holy of holy because of what Christ has done. Why would you, why, why would you want to give someone that, um, why would you let someone read you of the opportunity of entering God's most holy place? Most holy place. That Christ, that Christ himself in our high priest has, has broken the veil so that we can, we can no longer be distant with God, but we are now close to him. So why would you want to go through why would you want to go through? And, I mean, intercessors are, are important. It's good. It's great. Jesus prayed for his disciples. Jesus prayed for Peter. Paul prayed for the church. But there was an important, there was an important, there's something Christ did on the cross of Calvary. He broke the veil. Now you can come to him. You can come to him with boldness. So why get comfortable? Look at what um, um, Paul said. Because of what Christ has done, our faith, uh, and Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. So, so let's do Ephesians. Yeah, well, let's do Ephesians 3, verse 12. I think that is also um, because of Christ, our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently in God's presence. So, why do you not want to? Why don't you want to enjoy such privileges? Why don't you want to enjoy such privileges? So, we get so comfortable in prayer, in, in, collective, in collective prayer and, and prayers of um, intercessors. So when we also look at what Paul said, he brought, so now this is chapter, um, Ephesians 2, 17 to 18. He brought his good news of peace to you Gentiles who were, who, who were far away and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit. Through the same Holy Spirit. The person that, that is praying for you has the Holy Spirit. The person, you yourself have the, have the Holy Spirit. So why then would you want to be comfortable with the Father's one is praying for you? There was great importance in intercession. Great importance, trust me, there is. But why would you want to and trade that for your own personal prayer, the privilege of coming to God confidently. I will look at um, 1 Timothy 2.8. In every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands, lifted to God, free from anger and controversy. Now, understanding all this, understanding the importance of going to the gym, that there is a place where you can develop stamina. So how do you set this all up? Now, the first one is set the time to pray. You don't, we don't pray based on feelings. We don't pray based on feelings. You don't pray based on feelings. If it was based on feelings, Jesus Christ wouldn't have gone to the cross of Calvary because he understood how heavy and grievous it was when he went. It's not based on feelings. So you set a time to pray. Men always, always to pray and not to faint. Now, pray with, like I've said, pray with the mindset that God is your father. And he's not distant. He is with you. The third thing is, prayer is not a project, but a lifestyle. So, yes, two weeks, you know, there's this thing that happens where you go for a um, two weeks. Um, is it two weeks or three weeks? 21 days, prayer and fasting. And, uh, you know, it's just this, there's this comfortability. You are just, you know, after you pray, ah, more, that's all. No, but prayer should be a lifestyle. Jesus Christ, God himself, when he was on earth, he prayed. <laughs> so what about you? Why wouldn't you pray? So yes, it should be a lifestyle. Always pray. Always, always. Now I understand that you can be tired and weak. I understand. It is important. But see, if you understand the privilege of praying, and if you understand the consequences of not praying, you will pray now. It's like, see, you don't always feel like going to work, but you always have to go to work home. Because if you don't, there, is a, there are consequences. You will just lose your job. So as long as you wake up every day and you dress up and go to work, why don't you just pray? 
Now, the, the fourth thing is pro, pro, um, progress in prayer. So you pray 10 minutes, ah, 10 minutes, or you pray 15, you pray 16, you pray 20. That's how it goes. You run for one, you run for 10 minutes, just if your heart wants to. The next in the next day, you're able to run for 15, you're able to run for 20, you're able to run. next you see yourself running the marathon. So this is not a sprint, it's not 100 meter race, and you're done. It's a marathon. So keep pressing, keep pressing, keep pressing. Now, learn to sleep away. 10 minutes sleep away five minutes sleep away two minutes sleep away always learn to sleep away now the sixth one is fall back seven times stand up eight years you're not always going to feel like praying so sometimes you may like prayer life is gone you know there's this thing my prayer life is gone so there's no need to even set it up there's no need there's no need for us to you know it's gone it's gone no go back go back to praying go back to pray regardless of how long you are praying go back to pray always remember that you have to go back to praying regardless of how many times you stopped now, why do we have to pray long? Because if we pray long, we pray short. See, if you spend four hours with God, you spend very few, you, you spend some minutes with men. The longer you spend with God, the shorter you spend with men. And it is, this is evidence. This is not just some, you know, some platitude. Jesus Christ prayed for so long alone. And when he comes out, he heals the sick in a minute. He heals the sick. He just, just says the word and something happens. So when you spend more time with God, you spend few times. If you, if you spend long time with God, you spend few times with men. So if you want to spend few times with men, spend long time with God. So when you pray long, the consequences of your life, you handle them in a shorter time. So just like someone can go to the gym and lift heavy weights and do all those things. I mean, Look at Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt runs like he prepares for four years, running, doing a whole lot of things, only to run for 100 meter race and win gold medal. Like, just so you know, Usain Bolt hasn't, the, the guy, he hasn't run a marathon before. He doesn't do marathon. He hasn't, but, but do you know how many, do you know how long he had to train? Do you know how long? How, and you see this in the life of Jesus. Before he chose his disciples, he prayed. He prayed for so, so many hours a year. And after, after praying, he goes to choose his disciple. After praying, he, he did this miracle. After praying, he did this. So there is, so there's the evidence in this. This is, this is very evidential. It is not just, when you spend so much time in praying, you spend very little time engaging men. 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 So Jesus' life is, is, is a typical example. It's a typical example of this. And yes, now you have you have you have heard all this, and you're still thinking. I mean, okay, how does this even work? How I mean, Lagos been the craziest place I know, right? It's not very easy. I mean, you wake up in the morning by five to get to work by eight o'clock. You come back, you leave work by five o'clock, and come back by nine. And you're wondering where do you have time to pray? You can set up time, maybe maybe at night, maybe after you had a good rest at night, you set up to you set up time to pray. But praying is so important. It 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 is so important. Now, as I round up, as I round up, so I know that a lot of people may have questions and you know, things to say. I just want to reiterate everything I have said so that you understand. Remember, the first thing is that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So when you come to the throne of grace, God doesn't see you as a sinner or doesn't see you as a sin. He sees, he treats you as righteous because of what Christ has done. Because Christ has, has provided a perfect sacrifice. So when you go to God, go with confidence. Go with confidence. Go with confidence. Go with confidence. Knowing that God will hear you. Knowing that he wants to hear you. Now the second one, remember, as you said, is just think about this. Think about this. You know, yes, I mean, the guilt of sin is very, self-pity is, is dangerous. Think about this. Imagine if Judas is carried, waited for three days for Christ to rise from the dead, and then he asked him for forgiveness. He wouldn't have died. He wouldn't have died. Maybe he, 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 would, have, he would have gone to be a, 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 good, a great apostle. But self-pity was so upon himself that he committed suicide. I mean, imagine you have seen Jesus Christ forgiving, forgiving people of their sin, healing people. Yes, he betrayed Christ, but assuming he waited just a little longer, 
maybe he would have been forgiven of his sin. And Jesus would have actually forgiven him. But he went to go and commit spiritual, he went to go and commit suicide. So people are committing spiritual suicide because of their sin. Oh, I have sinned. I mean, I'm not alone. I can't, I can't. No, no. Don't commit spiritual suicide because of your sin. Just three more days. Just three more days. Peter denied Jesus Christ. He did. But three more days, he would have sought for mercy and he would have found it. Look at the man on the cross, the thief on the cross. Look at the thief on the cross. He said, he, he knew his sin, but he said, he said this, he was knowing Jesus Christ was a, right, a righteous man. Still in his sin, he said, don't forget me when you go to paradise. So don't commit spiritual suicide. Don't go away and say, ah, I've gone now, there's no need. No, return, return, like the prodigal son would return. And the father would host a feast in heaven because he returned. Leaving the 99 and he will come after you. And I've been through this journey. As an atheist, I have been through this journey. God went after me like nothing else. And I'm here preaching to you. I've been denying God for two years. <laughs> so yes. So don't commit spiritual suicide. Now remember, the next thing as, I'm, as I round up is um, when you pray, when you say you have prayed, you haven't gotten answers. So remember to pray. Pray God's will. Do not pray at me. Prayer shouldn't be transactional. It's not when there's a problem, it's not praying. God, I beg you, no. So you remember to pray God's will. And you can't, you can't pray God's will because you have the spirit dwelling in you. You have the spirit dwelling in you. You can pray God's will. I remember that Christ himself prayed. Jesus Christ himself. Jesus prayed. Jesus Christ prayed. As in he prayed. God himself prayed. So who are you now? Who, so who are you? So we must learn to pray. Um, yes, yeah, so we must learn to pray. We must learn to pray God. But then we must also learn to persevere. We must learn to persevere in prayer. You must learn to persevere in prayer. You must learn to persevere. You must learn to persevere. I remember when you pray, when there's a storm in your life and you pray for the storm, sometimes God doesn't calm the storm. He calms you. Just like Jesus Christ was sleeping in the storm. He was sleeping. So sometimes when you pray for the storm, the storm doesn't stop, but you're calm. That's why you now call peace that surpasses understanding. Peace that surpasses understanding. Strength. Strength. So it's important. So you may be going through hell and you're thinking, oh, I mean, what's Jesus, how many times do I have to pray for you now? Pray to you. And God is saying, no, it's for your own character. Look at Joseph. See how, see what Joseph had to go through. See what Joseph had to go through. Character development. So sometimes to get to where you are, God has to make sure you're matured enough. And sometimes to be matured, you have to go through some things. So when you're praying for God to take it away, you're like, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm making you great. I'm making you great. See, the sun that melts the wax strengthens the clay. So it's not the sun's problem. It is the state of who you are. So what state are you? Are you the wax that will melt in, 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 at, 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 at the brightness of the sun or the clay that becomes strong? Being strong. The program said if you fail during the times of adversity, your, your strength is small. The eyes of the Lord is moving around the earth looking for men who are strong in prayer. Let him find you worthy. Now remember perseverance. You have to learn to persevere. Remember that yes, collective prayer is great, is great and important, but there is always a place for you to go. Sleep away. Be by yourself. Be by yourself in prayer. There is um collective um, prayer of intercessions. You have the right and privilege to access God. Why, why, why go through someone else? I mean, it's important. Prayer intercession is important for the church. But if you have the privilege to go to go to God in prayer, why not use it? So um, then we have remember, set a time to pray. Always set a time to pray. Pray with the mindset that God is your father. I'm just going through everything. So we so we so we so we, we, we remember. Remember, and um, prayer is not a project but a lifestyle. Progress in prayer, learn to sleep away. Fall back, wait, 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 come back, come back up. Yes, you have fallen. Yes, get back up, get back up and continue praying. We pray long so that you don't, so you pray short. So when you spend six hours in prayer and you meet a problem, you spend little time engaging it. So you pray long, with, stay long with God, spend short time engaging men and solving situations. So um, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have said to us. Thank you, Almighty Father. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing all. Thank you, thank you for speaking through. Thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Wow, glory to God. I want two people to unmute themselves and mention one thing that stood out for them each in this teaching. So I would love you to just unmute yourself right now and tell me one thing that stood out for you, something that you will take away from this that will transform mm -hmm. the way you pray. Hello. Hi, go ahead. Okay, first of where he said we are the righteousness of God in Christ. I kept coming in and out, but that stood out for me. And most importantly, the part of um, spiritual suicide, where um, because you've committed a sin or you feel, okay, I'm not on the right path with God right now. So I give up myself. I give up on religion. I give up on my Christianity or I give up on my Christian life and all of that. So the spiritual suicide part where as um, the recognition of God in Christ, God still wants you. And then it does not mean you put an end to your spiritual or your um, Christian journey. It's that, that part of that for me. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that means that when you stand before God, that's what he sees. He sees Jesus when he sees you. Thank you for that. One more person. Hi, Miriam. Go ahead. Hi, Ernest. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Um, <clears throat> so I think, well, no, I think what stood out for me was when um, Kelichi said, you know, Elijah, Elijah knew the rain was going to come. The rain was going to fall, but he prayed till it fell. Jesus Christ knew he was, you know, inevitably going to die. And he prayed through the night. Mm -hmm. And that was just so powerful for me because so many times you feel like, oh, no, I've prayed for this thing for a year. I've fasted for six months and I'm not seeing it yet. And we give up. And we're just shortchanging ourselves because mm -hmm. the instruction is to just keep praying until it happens. Mm -hmm. And, like, I prayed so much for a particular thing throughout 2020 and I didn't see it. You know, so 2021, I was like, just forget this thing up big. And I stopped praying completely. Mm. And to be very honest, I've always asked God, why? Like, why? Why did you have to say no? Like, why did this thing have to affect me? And immediately he just said, you know, Elijah was told it was going to rain and he didn't stop until the, it just, the light bulb just went, I stopped. That was why. And, oh, man, I'm so blessed. So thank you so much. Awesome. I, I love that. I think that one stood out for me as well. And um, and I just want to um, implore everyone here that, you know, it's one thing to hear and to listen. But what I just did now was to help you reflect on the teaching, reflect on the what, the, what you've heard, and actually say, what am I going to do differently from now on? If you are that person that doesn't have a prayer life, how would you make that change? Kelechi told us, have a specific time of prayer. If you're someone who feels you don't get the answers, check your motives. Everything is in this sermon, honestly. And I think what, what you need to go home with, um, you know, that should resound the most is we're in the month of the spirit gym. And so I want you to have that mindset that this is an exercise in godliness. The Bible actually says that we should exercise ourselves unto godliness. The things that will make us align so much with the will of God are the things we should be involved in with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our mind. I don't know if you remember what Kenichi was saying. The first time Jesus goes to pray, you know, he's praying like, oh Lord, you know, if the, I just wish this cup could pass over me, me, you know, let your will be done. The second time he prays, even though it's very much the same, but you can see his alignment shifting. He says, well, if it will not be your will for me to let this cup pass over, that's fine. So you can see him coming from a place of pain. Another account shows us that he was sweating drops of blood. You know, it was so difficult for him. But we see how he starts from a place of difficulty and lives strong. He says it's time. The hour of the evil one is here. Let's go. That's what God wants for you. God wants you to be very strong in faith that 
when situations are in front of you, just like Miriam said, you don't stop praying. You go consistently until you get that note of victory, until you get that note that this is it. Yes, I know whatever it is I prayed for. God has heard me and I know that I'm aligned with his will. Chelsea, over to you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ernest. And also thank you so much, Kalachi, for just the teaching. It was beautiful. So the scripture that I wanted to share with you all um, is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6 and I'm going to read it and two different translations um the NIV it states be strong and courageous do not be afraid or terrified because of them for the Lord your God goes with you he will never leave you or forsake you and in the NLT um it states so be strong and courageous do not be afraid and do not panic before them for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. And, you know, this scripture just speaks so much to me because especially in these times, right, there are maybe so many things that we see on the news that we're like, okay, what's going on? Or maybe even with with friends or maybe even, you know, personally in our lives. But, you know, the instruction that comes here is for us to be strong and courageous, right? And if you know it wasn't possible to even be strong and courageous, we wouldn't have received this, you know, in the word. So in these times, we should ask ourselves, okay, when maybe something isn't going right, okay, it didn't fall into place, is our first reaction to panic? Is our first reaction to question, or is our first reaction to be strong and courageous? So that should be our mindset that we're able to overcome anything we're able to meet you know the demands of any situation because we have this ability inside of us to be strong courageous and you know what stands out to me as well the second part says for the lawyer god will personally go ahead of you and you know i like to make things personal right god is a personal god to each and every person a lot of times we may think in our minds okay god right this big and an enormous god but no he's personal to each and every one of us and he, he desires to walk us through to teach us right and so as we continue to be strong and courageous as we continue to cast our cares and anything that may you know come our way we then what we give it to god and we have an understanding that he goes before us. And I'm, this, you know, also goes in line with what we've discussed, right? Because in the place of prayer, we're able to give the things or the burdens or maybe the, the, the fears or whatever it is that, um, you know, we may be thinking about or concerned about, we're able to give that to God. And as we do, we know that he's orchestrating everything um, for, for us. And the last part, he will never fail you nor abandon you the other translation said he will never leave or forsake you. That's so beautiful because in the midst of everything, when it seems like, okay, wow, no one's there or, okay, I'm, I'm alone. Okay. I don't know who to talk to this and that we have this guarantee that, you know, God will never leave or forsake us. And we can continuously go to his word and have that reassurance. So yeah, I just wanted to share that. And as you know, we go through this month, always, you know, allow the scripture to come to your mind because there are things that come our way every day, but as we continue to stay in the word, we have, um, you know, everything that we need to, um, yeah, overcome. So thank you all so much. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chelsea. Um, that's what we had now was just a session of meditation. You know, the Bible tells us that we should meditate on the word day and night. And so I really want you to have this scripture on your mind, Deuteronomy 31, 6. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Do not panic. This is so specific for some people right now. You're in very difficult situations. You are panicking. You are afraid. You don't know what to do next. This is for you. God is a personal God and he will go ahead of you. I want to read something on the chat that I think uh, was profound. So Adeola um, kind of summarized something that stood out for her in that teaching um, earlier. She said, prayer is not a project uh, stood out for me. From a project management perspective, projects are temporary activities. They have a start time and they have a finish time. But prayer is not a project. So I'm not starting to say I'm done after a period of time. I should keep at it always because I ought always to pray. I love that. That's so beautiful. 
So the Bible is clear. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Your, your default setting as a believer is to pray consistently. So get into that habit. If you don't have that habit, build it. Find someone you can be accountable to. Make sure no day passes without you praying and talking to your father. All right. Thank you again, Chelsea. Thank you again, Kelechi. Man, I'm, I'm blown away. You guys just keep bringing it. Hey there. So we've come to the end of this teaching session and we hope it was for you a teaching and an enlightening moment. We have so many other topics on our podcast that range from spiritual gifts to charisma to interpreting the Bible world and so many others. If you'd like to listen to any one of them, just look through our podcast catalog and find the topic that you'd love to learn. If you'd like to join us Sunday live on MixLR or on Zoom, all you need to do is go to our website, which is bit.ly forward slash bmglive4. That's the number four. Or you can look in the description and you will find the link to the website there. We hope you have a blessed week and continue to grow and progress with joy in your faith.